Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. LFC Day Trippers. Brought to you by bookmakers.com. Good evening and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. I'm Gav. This is Matt, and it's Friday night. It's Cans, and it's all because Liverpool have are on the verge of making another midfield signing. We're going to try work out how we say his name. We're going to talk about um, how he's really good at shooting the ball really hard at the goal. We're going to talk about the fee, what he can bring to us, and um, what number he might take, because that's the biggest question of all, isn't it, really? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're on the cans, you're very welcome. If you're not on the cans, go and get yourself a can. It's Friday night, and Liverpool are spending bags of money, even though we were broke, according to some guy on Sky last night. Um, Matt, we're here. It's Friday night. I thought I was going to have a nice, easy Friday night. And then it all went mental this morning. And when I say this morning, you were probably asleep when it happened. But initial initial thoughts on this, because I haven't seen loads of this player. I've watched some compilations today. I've seen him probably four or five times playing the games of football. Um, and I've looked at compilations. I've looked at stats today and stuff like that. But initial thoughts on um, on this player. Dominic... Oh, God, here we go. Dominic... I've, I've, I've looked at... It, right? <laughs> So last night we were we are going Sala boy or Salas Salas boy, right? Yeah, those are both wrong. Right. What do you think of this? All right. So I googled it today. I would like to see the data on this of the spike in Google searches for how to pronounce Sobosly out of the Liverpool area once this news broke yeah. this morning. Because so so I imagine Sobolai, there were thousands. But, but it's actually Sobolzoi, is it? So this is the Google that I saw. It says it's three syllables. First syllable is S-O-W. Second is B-O-W. And the last one is S-L-A-I. And that's not a very great translation because S-O-W and B-O-W are homonyms. They're two words. So it could be Sobosly or Sobosly. So I believe it's so Sobosly. 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 So both slide. Yeah. yeah, that's the one thing I saw from some Hungarian guy. He said the SZ in Hungarian translates to just an S sound. Okay. So basically just ignore the Zs. So okay. Sobo slide. Sobo slide. Okay. 
Um, so I'm glad we cleared that up because like genuinely people are going around. Now, I am going to put it, uh, Yus says he's made up with the sign. I'm going to try to read out as many stuff, things I can tonight, I promise. Made up with the sign and he's, he has so uh, he has so many levels of potential to reach. Got all the tools. Yus is one that um, I remember in this chat banging on about this fella. Um, uh, Midnight Talker says it's Zobosloy. Yeah, Zobosloy, I'm good with that. But I think the best person um, to come out with this tonight so far is um, an early comment before we went live from Dara C who said, can we not just all agree to call him Dom or Domo for the dubs? <laughs> Domo is the way to go because Domo is a is a big thing in Dublin. Domo, right? So uh, Domo is, is is getting my vote now. So I'm going to refer to him as Domo from now on in, thanks to Dara C. Um, but initial thoughts on it because, you know, there's been a lot. We, we'll go through the timeline of a minute, but he's a player in midfield, likes to attack, loads of energy, goals, assists, all this sort of stuff. Where are you on it? I'm completely out of the blue for me. I mean, Kevin and I did a show a couple weeks back talking about the midfield signings that were getting all the airtime at that moment, which was Turam, Kone, a little bit of Gravenberch. It was a little bit of that Gabri Vega talk that was coming out. And Sobosly wasn't a name that really came up at all. Mm-hmm. And to me, when I was thinking about what we were going to be doing to rebuild this midfield coming into – this offseason, this transfer window, that type of 10 attacking player, because he just seems like what we want Fabio Carvalho to be, to be, you know, that type of player, like what we think Harvey Elliott might be, and then struggled with how do those players fit into our team. And I'm starting to see the logic behind it. You know, again, I probably only watched him. Yeah. Maybe 10 times or so, you know, in the champions league and stuff like that, obviously the two games against us, uh, in the Champions League from a few years ago when he was still playing at Salzburg. Very surprised by it. I think it's a great statement of intent. He brings a lot of goals and assists from the midfield, which is something that we've been desperately lacking. And it signals to me a definite commitment to this new shape that we've got that we're going forward with. So uh, I'm ever the optimist. I'm completely sold. I absolutely love the signing. Mm. Jerry, um, who's in the chat, and um, I think it's Jerry from our um, Telegram as well, who loves this player. He says there won't be a better signing in England than uh, uh, Domo um, in 2023. 18 months' time, he'll be the most dangerous player in the league. Um, and sorry, Jono has one in there as well. He says, um, I thought he was nailed on to go to City to be a long-term Kevin De Bruyne replacement. He's that calibre of talent. It's an unreal signing. Um, just on the timeline of this, because look, the Liverpool fan base... You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there that'll say, you know, and quite rightly, we haven't looked after this midfield properly in two or three years, right? We've kind of went through it and kind of, oh, we have this and then they great and stuff like that, and we've we've done well in the forward positions. We know this. We're probably looking at a bit of a a turnover in players, maybe defensively over the next twelve to eighteen months, and possibly in the next in the next six to eight weeks with one coming in, hopefully. Um, but midfield is the one where. We were just relying on the numbers that were there instead of freshening her up, you know, um, identifying problems and probably not being ruthless enough, especially for me last last summer in Keita and Ox, where I think they should have went and we should have been going and signing. Maybe someone like this or a McAllister or whatever it might be. Um, but, and there's a lot of people out there that have been sceptical and, and that's absolutely fine. Um, but what the timeline of this, like you said, it kind of popped up maybe three or four days ago. Uh, maybe a little less than that, actually, with a couple of journals mentioning this guy's name. And 
and it was as it was a kind of oh that's another one and it felt to me a little bit at the time like look they've mentioned Graven Birch they've mentioned Toram Cone before that Bellingham and it was just like this is another name to fill a few columns for the next 48 yeah. to 72 hours and then we'll move on and we go it'll be somebody else but this went very very quickly talking Newcastle last January I think with regards to this player and it was like oh there's a release clause the Newcastle Liverpool will shoot this out and this is all over the last 24 hours by the way release clause shoot this out then Newcastle apparently um, dropped the interest as of this morning because the rumour being is that the player told them no I'm not going here if, if I'm going it's Liverpool um, then there was a lot of stuff about the the buyout clause of seventy million. That's up at midnight tonight. Um, if it goes past, could Liverpool get it a bit cheaper? Could he go a bit dearer because it's not or more expensive because there's no limit there? And it looks like Liverpool have activated the seventy million euro um, buyout clause to just get this done. Um, as much as we've had a go about midfield and quite rightly so, and you'd be worried where. If we got to the end of August and we are still sitting here going, it's only McAllister gone in the door. Um, we're sitting on the tour to the June and we're on the verge of two really, really good signings, man. And hmm. if you have issues with, with with things at Liverpool, which most of us do in different ways, you can't really have issues with, with the business that's being done in this short period of time. No, I, absolutely not, of course. I have a theory that I've built up today while I was at work. So, you know, lots of fresh content dropping, given the news this morning. Like, first off, thank you to the Telegram group. I love waking up in the morning and looking at my phone and seeing that there's 200 missed messages in the transfer rumor group in our Telegram, because that's a great sign that something's actually happened. Then I checked the cricket and England's absolutely collapsing. It was a wonderful way to start the morning. <laughs> but... I'm going to fill in some blanks from some of the things that I heard listening to different you know, reporters and uh, podcasts and stuff like that today. I think that Liverpool, when they were negotiating with Leipzig for Fabio Carvalho, I think they called and said, we want to buy this guy. We said, he's not for sale. They said, we want to loan him with an option to buy. I said, no, a straight loan. They went, okay, we'll take him on loan. And Liverpool went, all right, how are you going to use him? Because we've had, you know, we've been stung in the loan market in the past where we've sent players out on loan and it's been detrimental to their career and no good for the club you know where's he going to get his minutes from you got Sabaslai that plays in the same position as him and somebody from Leipzig went he's got this release clause we're fully expecting somebody to activate it and Liverpool went release clause how much is that release clause like, eh, 60 million pounds and I think that it feels like that's where it's come from of it increases like it makes the signing that much better because it increases the chances of Fabio Carvalho having a good loan spell at Leipzig and him pushing on, and he's still our product, and we get a player like Sabaslai in. And I mean, you see people there, you know, somebody said that potential De Bruyne replacement they saw him as, and I mean, if you know the names in the chat, if Jono and Jerry are happy with this, this is a great signing. Yeah. These are some of the biggest Jono, Debbie Downers. Because, well, Jono does say, I'll hold my hands up on last night's show, uh, you don't Gav. I was having a meltdown, probably because I was seeing Arsenal doing madness, but that's why I'm a fan and not running a football club, too emotional. <laughs> Jono, listen, I'll tell you, Jono. I value you and everyone else that's in this chat, right? I don't agree with some stuff you say. I do agree with some stuff you you say. That's you're allowed to be emotional. Yeah, like we're. I'll never stop anyone coming on here and being absolutely losing the plot over something because they feel that that's that's what's happening. All right. My only thing with, jo with you, John, last night was it was the 29th of June last night. Okay, and Arsenal are doing a madness, but Arsenal are doing a madness. Because they've got into the Champions League. And I I feel probably this is the Arsenal's owner's 
last big throw it all at it and to, to, to keep them there and they're loaning money to he's loaning money to them and all and that's another issue Liverpool have spent 105 well 95 million now it looks like um, on two players in midfield and possibly will do one more and it doesn't take 200 and 250 million although we'd like to spend it and you probably would have done that um, with the likes of a Geo Bellingham but if it picks the right players well, it's absolutely fine this guy to me feels like and this is going on fellas that watch German football and, and kind of know that this guy they just rave about him you know um, I don't know I don't know Matt though if it all just happened over Carvalho and then they just went oh what about this fella over here he, he, Liverpool don't really work like that you know Julian Ward would have been would have been there and he would have been you know watching things and, and getting things down the road I would say the contact came earlier but Liverpool knew the circumstance. And maybe when the Carvalho deal came around, he went, you know what? It, it's a bit coincidental, isn't it, that he goes there on loan. I, I completely get that bit. But <clears throat> maybe they went and said, let that one run and we see where it goes. And then the Newcastle stuff was probably heating up again. And Liverpool went, a bit like the Lewis Diaz stuff. Do you remember when Spurs yep. were meant to be in? And Liverpool went, no, hold on. We do actually want him. He is at, he's on our list. We do actually want him. And this could go south if we don't act quickly. And that's what Liverpool looks like they've done. I think they may have got a sniff of someone else around it, like Newcastle. Or other clubs that went, no, let's go in there. We have a good reputation with Leipzig. Let's get in. Let's get the job done. And they could have waited until tomorrow and said, we'll offer yeah. you 45 million euros. And they would have went, no, he's under contract till 2026, I think. Um, yeah, 26. No, he's not going. End of story. We want our 70 million euros. Um, yeah. In fact... We want 80 million now because we were tied to 70 million 24 hours ago and now we're not. We want 80. We want, and listen, he's 22 years of age. Declan Rice is wandering around with 105 million quid. You know, Enzo Fernandez is wandering around with 106 million quid. So, you know what I mean? It's well within their rights to turn around and go, we want 80 million euros, 90 million euros. So I think Liverpool have been clever, put the groundwork in, and then decided, bang, we have to act. And they've been decisive in it. Um, but. <clears throat> We're talking about how excited we are and stuff like that. What do you think he brings? I I think he starts. I think he starts on the right side of our midfield. You know, the if you think of it as that three box three, I think he's the top right hand side of that box. It it clears up because all the other links we've had have been so predominantly left sided. And if you go through, it's funny if you watch some of the compilations, you can see almost the difference from his time at Salzburg to his time at Leipzig because the jerseys are almost indistinguishable, but he wears a different number. And at Salzburg, he was predominantly off the left. And for the last couple of years at Leipzig, he switched to being that right-sided player, playing for that kind of right attacking midfield, a wide, wide right role. And that's definitely a position that needed addressing. And I feel that we've addressed it. Like, I I think he starts day one. Mm-hmm. I think I think him and Alexis McAllister both have walked into our our starting eleven. And that's wonderful because it allows us to give Henderson more of that platoon role where he can fill in where needed, you know, with his experience and whatnot. It allows us to use Harvey Elliott a little bit more sparingly and not flog him game after game after game like we did in the first half of the last season. It's very exciting. And then, I mean, when you start looking at some of the numbers and you see like his goal creating actions and shot creating actions and what he brings at the offensive end of the pitch. It's just another arrow in the quiver that we have going forward. And I think we have wonderful, wonderful forwards, but 
one thing you've never really been able to say from our midfield is that it's been adding to that attack, you know, and it always goes back to Coutinho. You know, we never replaced Coutinho. Well, I don't want to replace Coutinho because I think his character was dodgy, you know, but what you wanted to replace from Coutinho was his shots, his goals, his threat from outside the box, you know, set piece accuracy. It's going to be very interesting that first free kick when him and Trent both go and grab the ball at the same time of deciding who's going to take it. But he just brings something so different from what I was expecting us to go for. Cause you know, we've been looking at, you know, a guy like Taram that progresses the ball really well. You look at a guy like Kone, who's a little bit kind of that destroyer box, the box role, Romeo Lavia, who's just a straight up old school six. You get Alexis McAllister, who's kind of a bit of a Swiss army knife. You can kind of use everywhere. I really wasn't expecting us to go for a player that is more in that 10 attacking midfield role. And now that we got him over the moon, over the moon. I, I'm delighted with it because, um, and sorry, Red X Abbey, and this is a great point, and a few have made it actually, but this was the first one I seen. He or she says, City fans go mental because Vardy all price is going past 100 million because Red Bull Leipzig have plenty of cash now. That's a great point because <clears throat> if, for argument's sake, City went in and paid 90 million pounds for Vardy all, Liverpool are in the position City are in now. Where Liverpool go in and go, we want, uh, we want Damo, okay, and when they're going, well, Damo's now a hundred million. You know, we can name a price. We are not stuck for money, and I don't think the Red Bull Enterprise are stuck for money anyway. But in an, in an as an operating business, standalone operating business as Leipzig, um, that sort of money just says we've sold their one, we've sold their one, and it will take something monumental now for us to sell a second. And I think that's a great point. It's a third. That, Oh yeah, a third because they've also sold in Kunku. Yeah, well, that, yeah, well, that that was a long time. That was a long time coming, really. But what I'm saying is, is that this summer, yeah, that, that's a, it is actually a very fair point because they're only getting the money this this summer. But it will take something monumental. Now I know Vardy will probably end up at Man City, you know. Um, but you're probably looking close to 100 million quid, and that's just a market nowadays. Like that's what we're in. It's it's all being it's all being um, fueled by, uh, in my opinion, Newcastle slash. Uh, Clear Lake slash Chelsea slash Saudi Arabia, and this is what's going to drive it up now. You know, like selling players to Saudi Arabia for for cl- big money and just clearing your decks and saying, "Ah, it's Grant. We spent six hundred million, but we're going to get loads of it back." So it's um, it's all a scam. So that's where it sure whole... sounds like fraud to me. Like, yeah, I, well, I, I don't um, know. It yeah, sounds like know... a shell game. Like it... it's 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 one of those it's one of those where it's 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 a conversation for another day and probably deserves a show on its own probably not with me on it because I bore you all the fucking tears about how much I hate these pricks but Liverpool getting in there that's another element of it isn't it you know we have to move because if they move on this guy right which we I'm, I'm sure Liverpool would love Vardy all but we need to spend 100 to 150 million on midfielders here and possibly a centre back but we can't go that high on him but we need to get in and get this deal done if we want it because it's going to absolutely snooker us if they go and get Vardy all forced. Um, for me, I don't want to get into the realm of just forgetting every midfielder we currently have at the club. Um, I think that's... And I'm not saying these players that are signing for us shouldn't start, but I don't want to get in that realm of, ah, oh, listen, McAllister and, and uh, Domo start and we just pick another one to go with them. It'll be all fine. Because <clears throat> I actually think you'll see more out of a Henderson at times when he plays before anyone fucking loses the plot. I think you'll see more of Fabinho if the third midfielder coming in is of that nature where he's more defensive and you have got Bojcetic there. I think you'll see more 
of a freedom on Thiago because he knows he has a McAllister there to play if he's we know we know we have a McAllister if Thiago's struggling I think you'll see more from an Elliot a Jones I think as good as these players are and if you'd like them or don't like them quality and numbers around you pushes players on gives them rests when they need them out of form we have players when Henderson Fabinho Thiago were out of form injured whatever Elliot Jones still very young but Chetich only coming in when these lost form or you know legs a little bit we have nothing there to help them nothing there to help them so they're either being a forced to play which was horrendous to watch or b we were playing mismatches of all sorts going on and it just wasn't working this adds real quality in McAllister and Domo it adds real real quality but something struck me last night when we were doing the show was it last night um, whatever night we were talking about what day is today Friday um, me and, it was Wednesday Wednesday night we done, we, done the, we done the transfer show and it was something that struck me when they were talking about where he plays and I just kept thinking of Jordan Henderson at home to Villa on the last day of the season I'm standing in that ground watching him and working hard trying his best blah 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 but every time he got the ball near the box he didn't know what to do this fella I think can play <laughs> in that, I think this fella can play in that right he's six foot two he's physical he can he, he can get around the pitch not about it to him but when he gets in position he has assists and he has a hammer of a right foot on him and I think that's where you're going to see it where I, I agree I think he slots in on that right hand side of a tree as we call it but ends up yeah. being a four and that's where his position is also the versatility he can play out wide if Salah needs a rest he can play out there he can, but like we were talking about a ring, you know, Coutinho, Coutinho pigeon, pigeonholed himself into a left-sided attacker. You know, that's where he was. This guy seems to be able to play standard midfield, a, a 10, attacking eight, go out wide. And I think that's probably, that is probably what drew Liverpool to him most of all, because they love a versatile player. Now, I'm against that this summer. <laughs> I'm I was against just that. Yeah, I'm against that this summer because I want him to go in and go, I don't really want to know if he's any he's all right over here, you know, and he's okay. But I know he's apps from what I've been speaking to people, he he's brilliant in there. He's brilliant in that spot there if you put him in. And I think Liverpool I, I really hope Liverpool go back to absolutely just rag ragdolling teams where they can't get out and this guy's picking up spaces and Salad, Nunes, Jota, Diaz Gakbo all walking off the likes of this fella McAllister. I, I think teams could be in fucking trouble, to be honest with you. If if you like I'm thinking if I'm thinking Damo, McAllister, Diaz, Gakbo, Salah with Nunes and Jota to come off a bench, that's a serious seven players to hold teams. A serious seven players to hold teams. Um But do you think other people looking at Liverpool here be going, fuck me, yeah, they've, we knew their weaknesses last year and they're absolutely strengthening them. Do you think opposition fans, opposition teams, managers, wherever it might be, are looking going, oh my God, they're sorting themselves out? Because I think there is a feeling around there that if Liverpool sort themselves out, they're right in the hunt. But it feels like we are sorting ourselves out, man. The, the clever ones, opposition fans, will be concerned about what we're doing. I think the majority of them, especially the loudest ones you see on social media and whatnot like that, will still be spouting the same old lines about how Trent can't defend and Mo Salah's a one-season wonder and 
you know, Virgil's past it and Allison's constantly making mistakes. And I, I just don't think it's the case. I, I, I did a little looking at uh, Sabasly's numbers in comparison to a few other kind of similar midfielders. I look at them compared to Mason Mount, James Madison, Kai Havertz, Gadri Vega, and Fede Valverde. Uh, his numbers don't quite compare with Valverde, and that's because he is an absolute Cadillac. And that's the one downside of uh, this Sabasly signing is that it probably ends if there is even the faintest hope that Liverpool <laughs> might be able to get Valverde out of Real Madrid. I think we can all put that to bed now, uh, simply because the position's filled and also the money has been spent. But his his defensive numbers are much better than I was expecting him to be. Like completes, he wins one tackle a game, which is the same as Mount, more than Madison, more than Vega, way more than Kai Havertz. Like he he has a fair number of touches in the defensive third. So like it doesn't seem like a player that's not ever getting back and joining the play. Like he has almost twice as many touches per game in his defensive penalty area as somebody like James Madison. You know, that's the type of player you're seeing that's lurking at the center line, you know, just waiting for the defense to do the work so that he can get back towards attacking again. So that to me is very good because again, he's only 22. He seems like he wants to work with Jurgen Klopp. We've got him in early enough that in theory he should be there hopefully day one of spring mm -hmm. training camp, which opens up in, you know, a week. So, you know, we can get down to brass tacks and start drilling into him. But to me, just looking at the numbers, like it doesn't look like the type of guy that it is afraid to come back and put his nose in defensively. Like, you know, good interception numbers out of all those midfielders. He's basically got the best interception numbers out of them. He's got the best blocks numbers. So when you start adding that up together, for players in that sort of attacking midfield, you know, kind of wide midfield forward position, his defensive numbers are surprisingly good. And that's great because we can't have a liability in there. Like we can't be for as much as he's an undoubtable upgrade in terms of the offensive side of somebody like Jordan Henderson or even Harvey Elliott, we can't be losing the defensive work that somebody like Jordan Henderson gives you in the team. Because we saw what happened last year when our midfield doesn't have that steel in it, when we're not able to press effectively in that middle third or support the press at the front, we get absolutely walked through and our defense gets exposed horribly and we end up shipping goals in the first 10 minutes of games. So that to me is the biggest positive I got from just coming on and doing a little bit of research before we went live today was that he's not the, the number 10 in the way that I picture a James Madison sort of being. Of, no. you know, or a Bruno Fernandez that's afraid <laughs> to come back and get their foot stuck in defensively. Well, we don't, we don't play that system. You know, we do, we don't play that kind of four-two-three-one. You know, where he would stand out as a ten, and we especially don't play it if you're going to let Trent wander in and, and do his thing deep in midfield. <clears throat> but if you're going to let Trent go in and do that, and if you go back and watch Liverpool finish really strongly in the season, but if you watch some of the games, I think we fall down where the two midfielders ahead of the ball, all right, ahead of a Fabinho and a, and a Trent, just went clinical enough. Now, I'm probably being a bit harsh on Jones there because Jones finishes the season really well, gets a couple of goals, improves all the time, and he's been really good at the 21s for England. And the one thing um, that's being said about him at the 21s is his timing of pass, his you know one touch and move, one touch and move, and that's being thrown at Curtis Jones quite a bit, that he loves to get the ball and hold on to it. Um, and slow it down a little bit for Liverpool, and Liverpool don't like that. And Liverpool like to get it moving, and hopefully that's working into his game. But I'll go back to Henderson, and no slight on Henderson, because people think when you have a go at Henderson, you just hate him. I don't. I think he's been a brilliant, brilliant servant for Liverpool, a brilliant, brilliant captain, both on and off the pitch, and everything he stands for is top, top drawer. Um, 
But I do notice Henderson not really runs out of ideas. I'm just not sure the ideas are there anyway. He's not built for that. Henderson, from the day he came into Liverpool, was built for strong running, you know, working hard, being in that kind of function in midfield that gets it to our fullbacks and gets to our forwards and we do the business. Liverpool are trying to evolve a little bit. And part of that, part of evolving, is the two guys ahead of whether it's Fabinho or Bojcetic and, and Trent that comes in is that these guys are the link. These guys are, are not only can supply, but are a threat. And I don't think, I don't think Henderson especially was a threat. I think teams were quite happy for Liverpool to be on the attack and just let Henderson. If Henderson gets it, fine. He's probably going. Well, what's he going to do? A, a loopy back post. Well, he's going. He's going to clip it to the back post, or he's going <laughs> to just play it simple at wide. And that's not a slight on Jordan Henderson. Jordan Henderson has spent ten years of a Liverpool career running himself into the ground. Do you know what I'm saying? This feels a bit different. This feels like, oh fuck! Like if this guy gets it, if we don't get close to him, he's he's absolutely hammering balls at the goal. But he also has an eye for a pass. You can see his assist numbers. I, I just think it. I just think it's a really good sign. And then, <clears throat> like we like I said earlier, I don't want to. I don't want to go down the route of, um, you know, completely forgetting the midfielders that we have there. But I just think quality. I think breeds confidence. And I think it breeds competition. And Liverpool lacked that for me last year. They lacked the competition in midfield. They lacked the confidence. They lacked the legs because play, players were being overplayed. And that's why I want these players in more than anything else. Like Scouser Pete says, we lost three midfielders who totaled 1,500 minutes less than one full Alexis McAllister, right? And th- that's fair enough. You could bring Alexis McAllister and get more minutes out of him than you did out of Milner. Ox and, and Keita but you need more on top of that because even though McAllister will do loads the other guys doing loads just don't have her in them anymore they'll they'll do 30 they'll do 50 60 minutes for you but they're not going to do 90 on the constant like Henderson just shouldn't be playing two games in four days or indeed three games in a week you know if you're playing Saturday Wednesday Saturday and Henderson plays on Saturday you shouldn't be seen on a Wednesday again no. not a go with him but that's just where he is in his career so bringing them in People will forget very quickly about Henderson, Elliot, Jones, them three in particular. But what's like when you watch Man City, and that's probably the difference between them and Arsenal last season. City will go on a run where they just put 10, 11 results together. And then you'll notice they'll just tweak it where they'll drop these two or three players in for a game or two. They'll get through their games, it'll be all fine, and then the boys arrive back in. Whereas Liverpool couldn't do that. And we need to be in the position to do that. I know there's no Champions League. There's still the Europa League thing there. But in the league even, you have to be able to get the game 22-23 and say, you know what, we need to we need to throw this a little bit for three, two or three games just to get A, B and C a bit of a rest. They might start the games, but they need to come off or they, need, they might only be subs. And this is where the quality is needed. We weren't getting that from Ox. We weren't getting it from Keita. And Milner is 37. So the change in this is quality, um, reliability. They're going to be there. They're going to be ready to play. But they're also going to push the rest of the players on. Like Harvey Elliott isn't looking going, or I'm not going to get in a game anymore. Henderson's not going to be like that. Jones isn't going to. Even Thiago. But Chetic is looking going, the third one could be a defensive midfielder here. And I have my eye on Fabinho's spot. And now I'm really going to have to push it. So them signings are, are really, really good. Um Thirty to June. Two signings in. I'm gonna throw a couple of names at you because um Bastoni 
is getting a few mentions in the chat here. Left side, yeah. centre back, Inter Milan. Um, where do you where do you stand on him? It depends on, I guess, the order of our next signings. I think we got hmm. at least two more coming in. I think we got <clears> another <throat> mid. We got another midfielder and a defender for sure need to come in. And if there's only, if we only get one more signing, I hope that it's a defender because like you had that comment up there about the minutes. And it's something that I said last summer when we were talking about needing another midfielder. And I was, I think the lone voice in the entire Liverpool fandom that was saying, I think we have enough midfielders because I started to look at the numbers of the players that were there and the number of minutes that they play. And I mean, the number of minutes that Harvey Elliott played more than covered Naby Keita, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain more than covered it. And that's not even factoring in the increase in Curtis Jones's numbers from 21-22 to 22-23. Mm-hmm. I, I have a tough time just presuming. I know some other people have a very easy time just presuming that our players are all going to get injured at some point. I, I don't like, like Sabasla, you look at him, he had one big injury when he moved from Salzburg to Leipzig. He had an adductor injury, which for us should cause a few shivers down the spine because that's what our last, no, our second to last, Leipzig player that we purchased. Nabi Keita was famous for having adductor injuries. You know, he gets a groin problem that he had. But since then, he's missed one game. So in the entire time he was at Leipzig, after he got healthy from his adductor injury, where he missed basically a full year, he's missed one game through injury. So he seems like a durable player. We went through this when we announced Alexis McAllister. He's got a pretty good injury record on him. If we can just keep these rolling over, like Curtis Jones, pretty good injury record. I don't know if we really need a third midfielder in terms of covering the minutes that need to be played, but I would really like to see one. I would have no issues with either Kepra Turam or somebody like Lavia coming in to the team oh, that I'm, way. I'm, I'm, I'm literally sold on Kepra Turam. <laughs> I think, I think he's, I think like we, we talk about, and I know I'm going against what I, what I said here, and I want to see Damo as like, you're the eight lads and you're not, pricking around on the right or anything but Kefran Toram feels to me like the perfect hybrid between defence and midfield and being like I think I think Liverpool are looking at this in a sense of and this is only my opinion I think they're looking at Fabinho by Chetta John one more as your defensive unit right with one of them with both with both of them with two of them being able to go a bit forward if you want like I'd have no problem with Boy Chetta playing in an E We've seen no. it. No problem with it. Yeah. But I think, I think you're going to, I think if he brings Kefran Torum in, he's saying to himself, Fabinho's there, but if I have to play by Chetich, I will. I could probably do Torum there. Now, people are going to shoot me down and say, no, we never play as there. He's absolutely made to play there. His physicality, the size of him. I think he's, 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 he can play in an eight, but I think he's, as a project, as they like to say, you could probably see what you could do with him over 12 months to get him in, in defensively. And then he's looking at the rest of the lads going, I literally have five other lads that can play in those two positions. Exactly. Or, or if it's one of those games where Trent can't go in and do this, what he's doing, in some massive games, might be City away, whereas Trent just has to hold his position. I need I need three lads in there. I need a Fabinho and I need two more. And now he's looking at Henderson, Thiago, Bojcetic, Jones, um, Fabinho, Elliot. Yeah, uh, Elliot, sorry, Elliot, McAllister, yeah. and Domo. So the options <laughs> are there. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Like it's it, it's nearly like instead of instead of pigeonholing them onto it, he's defensive midfielder. 
and these boys are either going to play the two in a rigid 4-3-3 or the two ahead of a Trent and a Fabinho and I know this is getting a bit technical but them three them three lads in Bajcetic a Toram and a Fabinho can absolutely do the job there if you want to sit two in there sit two with them sit two with them in you have enough yeah. players ahead of there that can just you pick one and you say right, you, you know McAllister you're playing ahead of him but all them names we're talking about here like they're all good good players but they'll all hit a bad form they'll all hit tiredness they'll all hit fatigue they'll all hit that man but the yeah. difference is instead of fucking Keita being injured and Ox just not injured kind of out of favour you have players that are kind of going oh he's coming in he's fucking great like City do yeah, you know, City. Oh, they're not playing Foden. Fucking Foden's coming on after Silva's leaving. Silva's at the running no muck. Here comes Foden. We need that. But we yeah, also here comes where, Riyad Mahrez. Yes, we need that. Where you, where teams are kind of going. Oh, we're doing really well for sixty minutes against it. But look at these fucking five pricks coming off the bench. Whereas we didn't have that last season, and that's yeah, where throw, I feel we need to get to. Throw the comment from Kieran B up there. That's uh, that's a very good breakdown of what we got. So he says, on the left, we've got Thiago, McAllister, and Jones. On the right, Soboslai, Elliott, Henderson, Holding, Fabinho, Turam, Vajcetic. Yeah. That's that looks feel. juicy. Yeah. Now, the reason why I brought this up, I kind of lost my point, and I'm happy you jumped in because you brought me back to it, because you asked me about Bastoni. So if we think that there's going to be a third midfield signing, out of all the names that we've mentioned, the one thing that they aren't, is homegrown. And I know people don't like hearing about it, but before Soboslai signed, we had two spots for non-homegrown players. He now takes up one. We have one spot left. So if the third midfielder we're looking at is a guy like Kefren Turam, Manu Kone, Ryan Gravenberch, they all take up that final spot, which means if we're looking at a defender, we're either would, talking would, about would, a Joel would, Matip going out. Would Kefren Turam take it up because he's 20? He would, is he 21? He's 22. He's 22. Ah, okay, he just turned okay. 22. Yeah, him and Kone both just turned 22. Soboslai is also 22. So they would all take that spot up. So with the exception of somebody like Romeo Lavia or mm. crowd favorite James Ward-Prowse, just, no, I'm just, I'm just having worry. a little fun. I'm just having a little fun. If we're, if we're looking at all of our other options for that third midfielder being needing to be registered non-homegrown players, that really handcuffs us for what we're going to do at the back. Because you're either looking at a Mark Gahey, a Levi Colwell, a, you well, know, Max, Max Kilman, Nathan Collins. Stop. Oh, run through your list. Caldwell, um, I think it was Paul Giovanni said in the chat, and I, I'm just going to double check because I don't want to. Um, yes, I'm going to put it back up here. Because um, I did have it up and then I found something else. Um, talk that Caldwell is the wanted centre back. Love it. So that's where they're going to fill their homegrown spot. We'll leave like Caldwell. That feels like that could be an expensive signing, though. That feels to me like if you do Toram at 35 million, you're having to launch another 50 million at Chelsea. That's what it feels yeah. like. Because I think Brighton have had, I want to say, a 35 million pound bid thrown down for him. Someone in the chat. It was a bit derisory. It was a bit derisory. They threw in a well, real low is ball it? offer. He's on loan there. He hasn't done anything at Chelsea. He's on loan. He does really well at Brighton. He's. I don't know what age he is, but it's £35 million for a player at Chelsea going to use. They have Badish Shield, they have Fafana. They, now, I know they're cleared now a lot of players. Does he come back in? Does he get in favour? I'm not too sure. Sam doesn't feel that Cobble will happen. Um, 
O'Shea says surely Caldwell is under 21 I'm not too sure but but that solves the problem anyway yeah because you can bring in your midfielder and then you're not going oh we're bringing a Bastoni where I'm stuck here do you know what I mean and like as Sean he said to me the other night every other team you don't hear about this fucking homegrown thing and um, they find a way around it but that's but I think the way around it is buying players under 22 and that's how you that's how you do your business Um the issue uh, Kev says the issues with Chelsea is that uh, they sell to us or look to use them in a make way to get Saicedo. Um I have a feeling that Saicedo to Chelsea is done it's just very very quiet on him you know um, he won't be joining Liverpool unfortunately um, unless we go absolutely insane and, and sign <laughs> him as well completely crazy um, like heads like heads Lord fall Chess. off when we don't spend money heads will fall <laughs> off if we went and done that um, well if you th- if you think Liverpool was broke coming into the window if we spend 200 250 million pounds we're definitely broke at the oh, end of the window definitely the relieving <laughs> officers being r- rang to see if he's had it was a few quid for the, the phone who's that Phil Phil Babb will be coming around and repossessing John Henry's car no who is that Ruddick <laughs> oh yeah Ruddick yeah, yeah. Um, Barry Devney says they turned down a 40 million pound bid uh, did they not oh, yeah I think you could be right 35 uh, 40 Escapado says isn't Caldwell playing in the Euro England under 21 Euros they don't have to be 21 though there's 22 year olds and all playing in that I don't know what way it's, that works it seems like it's mostly 22 year olds yeah it's, but it, it's obviously to do with the year you're born you know, um, yeah. it's obviously to do with the year you're born. I remember these tournaments eight years ago. You used to be able to have three players whatever age you wanted. You know, the sort of way. Um, the Olympics, wasn't it? Wasn't it the, like Olympics? the Olympics? Yeah, the Olympics, I think, still does that where you're You have to be all under to... 23, but you can have four players like Romario and all was playing it for the crack yeah. um, for Brazil. <coughs> Scouts of Pfeels, Matt Guy, he is an option at centre-half, but I think that, I think we are, wasn't someone quoting about 50 million quid for him? Um, I don't think that's bad. I think that's decent business. But I think if you're going to do that, I think you got to get that defender done before you do that third midfielder. Because if you bring in a third midfielder and you know, and or everyone teams, knows you need a center every, back. Everybody yeah. knows that you need that. Not only that you need that center half, but you need them to be homegrown. That they can just add, like, take that English tax and just crank it up that little bit more, and. I, I want to see that done early, but I don't know. I still have I, I still have faith in Virgil coming back and maybe not finding his peak of, you know, 18, 19, 19, 20 levels, but getting to be that reliable defender because of what in what's in front of him, it will just be that much more solid and what he was used to before, where they're not, like I said earlier, being so exposed because teams are just two passes walking through our entire you know, front six players. Yeah, but you see, but you see, five before. But but this is what it all comes back to, right? Yes, we were. There, there was teams winning the ball like literally ten yards outside the box, making two passes, and they're running their air back for, right? <clears throat> and if you actually look at the goals, we can see it. It's not that the defenders do an awful lot wrong. They're just outnumbered, and they're kind of going, "Where do I go here?" Where we yeah, what are you it. supposed to? What are you supposed to do if you're in a no-win situation? Well, that, every well, action you thing. take you looks know, like it, the wrong decision. And it's not like you're playing against pub players here. These are Premier League players that you're running at them. They put it out wide. They get a ball in the box. They good strikers. They'll score. Whereas Liverpool used to be, you're not winning that ball in the Ajua box. We are. And if you win it, we're going to absolutely hound you into a hurried pass up the pitch. I keep saying it over and over. Look like at broken record. We'll hound you until we get it. And if you manage to kick her up the pitch, it's probably being thrown above head height or lashed too far 
and Gomez, Matip, and uh, Virgil van Dijk would just mop that up. Give it to yeah. Allison, give it to one of each other, and just play away again. And that's what Liverpool need to get back to. Probably in a different sense where it'll be Trent getting the ball back off Virgil in the middle of the park instead of being out wide. And it'll be guys that are much more attacking orientated in the middle of the park, like in that those two forward eights or whatever you would call them, than the likes of a Henderson or even a Thiago, because I think Thiago's a really good hard worker um, behind the absolute brilliance of him on the ball. But I just want to be in next season where, oh, Thiago's injured, it's fine. McAllister and Jones are fine. You know, Henderson's not playing well. It's fucking grand. We have Bojcetic, we have a Toram, or we have a, a Domo. You know, so Fabinho's injured. It's fine. We have these two lads here. You know, Fabinho's absolutely flying, but he's a bit tired. Fine. Two games out. Bring this guy in. You know, instead of it just getting very stale and predictable and easy to play against us. I want teams to turn up and go, this is going to be fucking hard. And by the way, on 60, it's going to get even harder because these are yeah. going to make changes. And there's no drop in quality. There's no drop of intensity. And they're actually going to want to kill you. You know. And you know what you know what has an effect on that as well, too, because we saw it last season, was just having that extra forward fit again. When we made that run in yes. after we changed the shape and all of a sudden we had our forwards fit and available. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying there, 60 minutes, here comes the substitutes board and it goes up and guess what? Luis Diaz is coming onto the pitch. Yeah. Guess what? Or Darwin Nunes it. is coming onto the pitch yeah. and he's just going to run at you and run at you and run at you. And it's it's that thing where once that press started working after we shifted that formation, we started to get some semblance of control back in the game from the front. It's what you were saying is they panic. They lob that ball in. It's my favorite thing when I'm watching the game. Cause when I see us pressing like that, like a pack of bees and they just boot that ball up. I just instinctively say to the TV, our ball, our ball. If you're going to kick it from the edge of your 18 yard box and you're going to hoof it up the field, Van Dyke and Kanate are going to eat that up all day. And if we've got the numbers there, if we're in our shape, which we were at that time, we're winning that first header. It's a knockdown. And that first midfielder is picking it up and going again. And the thing that I, oh man, I can't wait for the season to come back. I can't wait for the season to come back because all of this to me, Gab, it all comes down to what I said when we changed this formation was getting the best out of Trent. And I think like I've been thinking about it today, a right side, of Trent Alexander-Arnold, Dominic Sobosly, and Mo Salah sounds very, very good to me. Mm. Like, I, this <clears throat> all, it all helps the team. It all helps get the best out of our best players, which to me is Trent and Mo. Mm. And it's on that side of the pitch. It, it's, it's brilliant. But no, I to go back again to your original question, Bastone, not for me. He can go to Spurs. That's just scream Spurs all over it. I didn't think he pulled up a ton of trees. It's the same as uh, who's the other guy that was at Inter for years, Skriniar, that was linked away. It seemed like every window, you know, he's going to go, oh, he's so good. He's so good. I think it's just a veneer that playing for Inter gives to some of these defenders. Like we're all thinking there's still Walter Samuel or something like that. I He's decent. He's a Spurs level. I, I just don't think he solves our problems. So. Uh, I it's think the whole, it's the whole, it's the whole left hand side of thing, and you know, yeah. Hincapie is being mentioned quite a lot in their Telegram group, and I, I get well, the sense Jerry. behind. Well, I, I get, well, well, I get the sense in that because I think Hincapie can play a left side of three centre halves if he wanted to, and what I mean by that is, if you didn't want to play Robertson, you could play him as your fullback, but he's basically the third centre half. Well, that's 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 the other option to solve the the homegrown issue if there's going to be one. 
is you bring in somebody like and Kevo Sullivan, the comment you've got up on the screen there, Gonzalo Inacio from Sporting. Yeah. He's under 21, so he doesn't need to be registered, but he plays that left center half, you know, fill in deputy left fullback role. Yeah. Oh, the only it, thing is, it, I've heard two reports. Sell, on you him. sell Costas. I've heard two. I've, yeah, so that's the option, but apparently uh, the war on Simicasta, he's not leaving Liverpool. He's quite happy in Liverpool, quite happy with him. Nah, that came from that came from Courtney Neary's YouTube channel. Don't worry about that. That's just that. No, 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 no. It wasn't, no, because I know Courtney <laughs> does love Costa Simicasta. She does. From that. Um, she probably made them say it and in, in the hope because she'd be absolutely <laughs> devastated if Liverpool lose Costa Simicasta. And I know this because we... Um, with the last time we were over there, we spent a lot of the weekend with Courtney um, um, having a great time, uh, drinking in lots of pubs in Liverpool, and she just adores Costa Simicas. Um, <laughs> Anfield Ross's uh, Damo is a lovely signing, fantastic business. We all needed this as fans. Yeah, we need, probably need two more. Um, and my only advice to people is, and I've said, it be, I've said it before, I'll say it again, if we get to the end of August and we're sitting here with only these two players, I'll be the first one to be given out. But don't panic. You know, and I get, oh, you know, if you look at history and stuff like that, this is different. This isn't where we just stood still and went, we have, oh, we've all these players on the ground. Um, we've lost three players. Whether they were on the pitch or off the pitch, we've lost them. So we've lost the ability to ever change anything if something goes wrong. We need to get that back. And by doing that, you need to sign, in my opinion, three midfielders. The centre-half, yes, it, um, it should it, sh- it should probably, probably happen as well. Um interesting one in, in the chat um, and I, 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 I'm going to try to get up because I like to give these people a credit um, sorry Jono says Darwin is one of the big winners from McAllister and Domo coming in it's a, it's an interesting question um, who do you think the biggest winners are in all this with those players coming in maybe more to come but just in sense of where they play what they bring to things who do you think are the biggest winners around them I like that idea of Darwin being a big winner. I mean, another thing that Sabasly offers is he, he likes to put a cross in. And if you see, you know, from watching his YouTube compilations and stuff like that, he's got a pretty deadly dead ball delivery. But if he can do that from open play as well, too. I still don't I, – I don't think Darwin's going to be a starter. I think the biggest winner from all this is probably Mo Salah. Okay. Just having, having that midfielder there, like – Henderson just doesn't have – it's not his game. He doesn't have the legs anymore. He doesn't have the attacking threat to overlap around the right-hand side and be a threat to the point where that doubled-up defender has to move off of Mo and cover Henderson going. Elliott doesn't have that same effect because he's so left-footed that everybody knows he has to cut back in on his left to get rid of the ball. Whereas if you got Soboslai there and he's able to go around the outside, it allows Mo to get that little bit closer to goal. Like we were all – screaming at the start of the season when he just seemed to have chalk on his boots from being out on the touchline every single game of like that's our best score he can't be standing on the touchline he's got to be closer to goal so i think this all helps mo salah and brings him that much further towards the front of the goal and when you double that with the ability of cody Gakpo, who i think might become my favorite player after next season because i think he's got every tool needed in the bag like a mike mike trout of football uh him being able to vacate that position and play that role that Bobby used to play, I think it's going to allow Mo Salah to have two more just dynamite seasons. I could make an argument for anybody in this squad to be the winner off the back of these signings for multiple reasons. Um, you could go as far as to say even Elliot and Henderson 
and Jones, who probably get affected most by these two signings, are winners in this because I think the pressure comes off them. And I think I think Jones needs to play with a bit of freedom. And that's when he's at his best. I think Elliot is the same. And I think, look, I think Henderson will be looking going, Jesus, thank God. You know, yeah. I, I want to play games for Liverpool, but at the same time, I know if I need a rest, it's not going to be like the end of the world. And I don't have to push myself through games where I'm just fucked. Um, you know, I have players there. You look then at, if you look at that kind of triangle of, say, Fabinho, um, Canade, Van Dijk, I think they're going to massively benefit from it because that screen that's going to be there, and I'm not talking in the defensive sense where they screen the back four and, you know, it's going to be all sit back. and uh, The screen, I mean, in, in the sense of we're going to get back to winning ball and we're going to get back to yeah. winning ball high up the pitch, which gives them that bit of, just that bit of time to assess things and, and get their bearings in all situations and, and, and deal with them because they're very, very good at dealing with them. Then you look. Then, like you said, you talk about Salah. Um, you talk like because Salah gets doubled up on, right? Mainly, A lot. But if you watch when Henderson plays that forward, plays that far advanced, they double up on Salah and nearly say to Henderson, "Go on, you have it." But you're not doing that with these guys, so that actually frees Salah up to do a bit more, right, and get a bit more space. Jot Kev said in the in the chat there, Jota is a pure poacher. McAllister and and um, Damo will hit you. You know they they have the assist there. They have the eye for passes. You could argue for them. The reason I think and I think the the thing about Darwin is a good one as well is because when we're in when Darwin Nunes plays as much as Salah is our main man, a lot of people look to Darwin Nunes as sixty four million. Why aren't you scoring fucking two hundred goals a game? He actually didn't do too badly last season. He ended up with a bit of a back issue. Um, but and kind of denounced him through the end of the season and kind of gave him the time off. But when you when you think you have, like I said earlier, you imagine those front five, okay? You can't cover them all by doubling them. Luis Diaz is going to get more room. Darwin Nunes, Jota, Gakbo. I'm with you. I think Gakbo is just grown into this thing where he's like Bobby Firmino wants fucking speed. You know the sort of way. He, he's just learned. I think he's just learned so much. <laughs> It, he's so good. He he's so good. He protects the ball so well. He he sees runners. He he scores goals. He's just so good. But they'll all benefit, and the benefit comes from again quality and numbers and being able to switch things up and being able to ask multiple questions of the opposition rather than going if I stop him and I stop him, what Grant? Right. This is where they'll all end up winners. And that's why people are baying for Liverpool to make sign in the midfield and get us back to being a machine that he wants us to be. Um, uh, Antoine goes, sorry, I've got Damo Arigato in my head. Um, we're now uh, calling our new sign in Damo. He will be only the um, references Damo from now on. Um, I can't even remember. I what refuse. Is, what's the sign in again? Subasly. Subasly. Um, but it's Damo. We're gonna call him Damo. Um I can't I can't get away with the fun nicknames like you guys can. Okay. Well it's just a Dublin thing. Damo's a real Dublin yeah. thing. Um we're gonna probably head. But before we do, there's been names linked. Um we have two in. Go on. How many more do you expect to see in the door at Liverpool? 
expect them, no hope. I I expect two. I think the the net might be two, regardless. I think we either see two more in or three in and one out. Okay. Okay. I need a feeling that one out could be a bit of whoa, we've done that. Are you a bit? Mm, no, I mean I would abs I would be over the moon if El Nasser came in with a 250 million pound bid for Tiago. I would be over the moon with that. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll take that. We'll write off all of our debts like everybody else is doing. Uh, that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. But I can I can see either Simicast or Joel Matip moving along to facilitate the spot on the roster for a non-homegrown okay. defender to come in. Because mm. I think the value in the market for the defender is outside of England because of the stupid English tax and you get stuff like... I. I think Declan Rice is a phenomenal footballer. He's not worth 105. But that's what but I mean. I don't think, I, yeah, I don't think Enzo Fernandez is worth half of what Chelsea paid for him. Yeah, but that's just he where we be. are. That's that's the I way know. things are. And you know, um, Red Zabi says Ignacio's next 38 million release clause. I've heard a couple of reports on him, and people aren't mad on him. This is the the uh, lad playing in Portugal. Um, yeah, I've heard a couple of things on him. He's at Benfica, isn't he? Uh, no, he's no, in sporting. sporting, there, sporting yeah, there's um, somebody in our somebody in our Telegram group has a has a buddy that watches a lot of Portuguese football, and he forwarded in it a week or so ago. Somebody was asking about Inacio, and he asked his buddy, and he forwarded along glowing recommendations. So you know what? I'm sold. Okay. I'm. Sold. <laughs> right. I just um, think we we need to get that other one in, but I think for it to happen, I think we're gonna either need to spend a ton of money, which is far less likely. Or see one of our more fringe but defenders. The, but, the, but, the thing, but the thing about the centre half issue is, right? If you have Van Dijk and you have Kanati down as your f- first pair, okay, and then you have Gomez and Matip, both who predominantly like to play on the right hand side, so yep. you're looking at a left hand side at centre back. Really, if you're going to get rid of, say, say Matip goes, and you're deciding right, Kanati and Gomez are going to be that side. I'm bringing in a left-hand side player, but the problem you have there is, is that I think the next left, I think the next centre back signing has to be someone that not it's not just there for the sake of being there. They have to be there where you look and go in a the year's time. They're pushing to be in this side, and that's unless, where the problem with centre half comes. Unless, and this is the other option, is you can pick up a guy like let's say, for sake of argument, because I know nothing about the player. Let's say you pick up a guy like Hinkapé or Gonzalo Inacio. And you use them for a year or two and you sell them. Because it might just be, and it was something I said to Kev when we did our midfield transfer show a couple of weeks ago, is to me, I feel that Liverpool looked at the potential midfielder market last summer when the vast majority of fans were saying we need to sign a midfielder. And they went, there's three names. There's three names that we think are dead certs. You know, Valverde, Chumeni, Bellingham. We can't get any of them, so we'll keep our powder dry. And they waited until another year had gone by, and they watched players like Turam. They watched Gravenberch. They watched, obviously, Soboslai, and went, they're worth it now. And they're just, like, it's better to pay that little bit more to make sure that that player is going to work out as opposed to buying the 18-year-old for 25 or $30 million that doesn't pan out at all and doing that multiple times. It seems that we take a slightly different approach. So instead of being like Man City and signing a guy like Kakai or whatever his name was, that they signed at 16 from Brazil for you know a ridiculous amount of money with just fingers crossed that hopefully 
he's the next 250 million pound player. And if he's not, who cares? Because we've got infinity dollars that we have to wait for these players to get to that. Like the, the, the stat you're starting to hear of not just the age range or the price range, but the number of games played that Liverpool likes to look for in the players that they sign, that you've done it again and again, because it was the one thing with the Gabri Vega talk when it was kind of all the rage two weeks ago was he's only done it for one season. So is he that good as a player? Is he exploding onto the world stage at this moment? Or is it a one-off? Is it an anomaly? And more often than not, it seems like it's an anomaly with the majority yeah, of he, players. He, they have he, one good season and they disappear. But he seems to me, funny enough, Gabby Vega, he seems to me more like a Spurs or a Man City signing than a Liverpool signing. And what I mean by that is that, like you said, he's, he's done it for one season. Spurs are the sort of team that take him and hope he explodes. Yeah. Or City are the sort that go, we're not bothered if you're not good for the first year. We believe in you. Exactly. We have the numbers here and we'll, we'll deal with this in 12 months' time. A bit like Calvin Phillips, which hasn't really worked. But a bit like Jack Grealish, actually. Um, yeah. That he just let him wander through for a year and then he's he's being really fucking good, Jack Grealish. He's just an arsehole. Um, yeah. But, but, but whereas Liverpool kind of need players where we need, we need to know you're going to do this. And McAllister and, and Sabo's like feel like those. They've done it. They feel like that. They, they, they just feel a more comfortable fit for Liverpool. Um, we're probably going to leave it there. I really enjoyed that. About an hour. Yeah, bang on an hour. Um, we're really good at this timekeeping stuff now. Um, get in, get out. Yeah, look. There's nearly there's 500 odd people watching. Hit the like button. If we can get over 200 likes for a Friday night show, drinking cans, talking about a new signing, that'd be sound. It was like somebody in, in one of the um, YouTube comments said the other day, I can't get over the fact that these lads only have 13,000 subscribers when there's other idiots out there at 100,000 plus. A, we don't give a bollocks, really. Right? <laughs> Joke's B, on you. <coughs> and B, the only way to help us if ever get there, if it happens, it happens, is to like, subscribe, comment, turn on your bell notification, share it to people. You know what I mean? And that's how it works. You know what I mean? We are not going to come on here and tell you that we know everything about transfers. We are not going to tell you we're experts in football because we're not. We're lads sitting around <laughs> drinking cans talking about football. You couldn't be further from it. You know what I mean? Like, we're the sort of lads that talk about football one minute and the next we're showing each other videos that are so childish but we're laughing at them. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, but look, um, hit the like button, subscribe, comment, turn on the bell. But like I said, we aren't gonna we aren't gonna pretend to be experts. We aren't gonna fucking ram our opinions down your throat. We want to hear from you. Like there's loads of comments in there. I've put loads on the screen. I've read so many of you. Um we're not gonna pretend we know everything about transfers. We don't. Right? We don't know everything about transfers, ins and outs of them. Nobody fucking I know knows, nothing. So we're not gonna pretend to. Um we're just gonna bring you show after show where we're honest, we're passionate, we want to hear your opinion. And we'll go from there. Um, we're doing our best throughout the summer to bring you as much content as we possibly can. It's gone really well so far, I think. And um, yeah. when the season gets going again, yeah, we'll throw you as much as we possibly can for the season. We will be as committed as we have been over the last couple of years, even more so probably going into this season. And um, we'll have a nice time together. Um, we'll drink cans. We'll row. We'll argue. We'll laugh. Don't cry. You know what I mean? Don't cry because I only use jokes as a defense mechanism then um, when, when sad things happen. Um, I'm no good at funerals. Um, but 
we're going to enjoy the rest of the summer. We're going to enjoy the league season that Liverpool are approaching. And with signings like we've seen on the way, hopefully, with Damo and the signing of McAllister and maybe more to come, Liverpool hopefully look like they're going to be back to being Liverpool. Um, yeah. Ma, anything else before we go? Yeah, I've got a uh, can question, a can-related question for oh. you. Have I committed a cardinal sin by going for one of these? First of all, it looks like a can from the 80s. That fucking thing on the front of the Guinness. Yes, the old, the old toucan, eh? Yeah, the old toucan on, on the Guinness. That was a, that kind of faded out, I feel, in Ireland um, a long time ago. But it was an old the, the blonde, is that a... Did I, have I committed a cultural fault? I don't know. Guinness, did, didn't Guinness bring out uh, like a, a, nearly a lager about 15 yeah, years ago? Yeah, that's this. And it was just... Fuck. Calvin is on drugs. I think it's quite good. Um, Calvin is on drugs because he says mayo for Sam. Um, Sam McGuire, uh, the GAA thing. Um, relax there, Calvin. Um, you, you do this to yourselves every year. Um, no, drink what you want. If you're happy drinking it, drink it. It's good. I was on the Malibu and Lucas heads last week. Um, this, uh, this O'Hara's, it's no Guinness. No, O'Hara's, no. no. Uh, Emmett no says we are um, experts in crisp sandwiches. That's the only thing we're experts in. A couple of things. Cans and crisp sandwiches. All right. We are fucking experts in them. Uh, Lazo says Guinness Blonde is horrible. Uh, so, yeah, knock them on the head. Uh, Pudding Sambo says Archie Dillon. We're experts in them. We're actually experts on loads of stuff, non-football. When it comes to football, <laughs> we're just fucking idiots talking about it. Let's be honest. Um, that has been no transfer knowledge. On a Friday night with me and Matt drinking cans, talking about Can't Um We will be back on Sunday. I think we're doing a quiz. We might do a quiz. Ooh. We're definitely back on Monday, but I, do you know who I have next week? I have Phil Casey next week. And He's got to be fired up about something. Hint, hint. We're going to be talking Lewis Suarez. It's going Ooh. to be amazing. Um, Phil is also threatened to turn up in that show dressed as Brian Robson um, in a pair of Middlesbrough shorts, a Middlesbrough jersey, and a blazer. So, um, so does that, that mean you're coming dressed as Venables? No, I haven't got no? the fucking time to be messing like Phil. You know what I mean? I'm not as weird as him. Um, let me see who's in there. Trevor Vela says batch bread. Batch bread. We're experts in batch bread. By the way, Trevor Vela, um, I want to give him a mention. He has started his, his own little podcast called This Is Football AFC, where he's covering his own local team in Dunboyne. In uh, count, is Dublin, me? I don't fucking know where Dunboyne is. Yeah, County, me. Um, and I'm going to join him on it next week. So, um, if any of you want to listen to This Is Football AFC, they are talking about the local football team, but they're also talking about wider aspects of football. I'm going on there next week to talk about Saudi Arabia, Newcastle, Chelsea, Clear Lake, and Brendan Rodgers. So um, make sure you tune in. Longford Rodgers gets yes. Yeah, I, I'm only going on. I'm only going on if you talk about Brendan Rodgers. So big you up to Trevor. Thought of this is all connected and also yeah, fuck Brendan yeah. Rogers. <laughs> yeah, I have to get I have to get Brendan Rogers in because I know the lad that, that does the podcast room is a huge Celtic fan, so this could go badly wrong, and there may be points involved as well. So Jesus, anything could happen. <laughs> but um sorry, the last thing. Link in the description for our charity. Three thousand away, three thousand away from our twenty thousand target for breast cancer research for the twelve women running the Dublin Marathon in October slash November. And um, look, they've walked their arses off to get to the 17,000. So have I. So have the lads at the Trippers with the golf day and promoting stuff. 
they've absolutely worked themselves to the bone so if you can help us out the link is in the description donate if you can if not copy it share it print it out bring it into work stick it in the canteen tell people about it and we'll smash this three grand over and then we get to 20 and the girls can go off and run run that marathon and um in safe in the knowledge that the money that he wanted to raise has been raised trevor vela confirms it is a mid trevor listen come here i, just, I don't know I just, i'm brutal when it comes to geography um well speaking of that uh oh you want uh, to do something do else your, come on then do i have your permission to put together a uh general knowledge quiz to present to the uh masses oh, hold on a minute you put together a quiz once and it was like tell me how many touches fucking alexis McAllister had in the box in the season 2021 22. i gave you options I, I gave you multiple choice. No, 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 no. It's general knowledge, like get... like like a game of trivial pursuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, then. We can put it together. We can do a public quiz for everybody. I believe there's a uh, teams option, so I might set the quiz up so that you guys, the the audience playing along, can play together in teams, and yeah. hopefully we can get uh, like a team captain for each okay. team to come on yeah. uh, come on screen and play okay. along with us. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yep. I like the sounds of that. I can't wait to see how shit you guys are all in geography. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> right. Well, listen. We're gonna go. Um, I have to go and play FIFA clubs with me friends, um, because we were literally obsessed with FIFA clubs now. So I have to go and do that. Um, I'm going in to make a toasted sandwich as well. What would you? What's your favorite toasted sandwich? It's hard to beat a BLT if you're having a toasted sandwich. Yeah, but tomatoes are like the walk of the devil. They are. It's it's really the only sandwich. Tomatoes are horrendous, aren't they? Yeah, they're not. Yeah. They're not great. They're, yeah. just, they're just. I mean, you put them in a pasta sauce, and they're absolutely fantastic. But in terms of a sandwich, I think it makes pretty much every sandwich except for a BLT worse. How many cheese does. is just the best toasted sandwich? I mean, a little leftover pork and mustard. Like if you got a nice pork loin roast that you've done, you got okay. some leftover pork. Sorry, a tip for someone. Um, I'm mainly people in Ireland. All right. Um, people in Ireland know Eddie Rockets. Eddie Rockets is a fast food joint. You know, where you go in, you put your little coin in the slot, and you can play all the 50s, 60s music. It's one of those kind of diner places. Okay. Right? And basically, you can buy the Eddie Rockets secret sauce now, okay, which is incredible. Mm. Okay. So, anyone out there uh, from Ireland, this is a mad tangent, but my daughter done this the other day. Brennan's white bread, which is by far the best white bread in the world, right? Brennan's white bread, okay. Eddie Rocket's secret sauce, okay. A nice ham and just some grated cheese. Put the sandwich together, stick it in the toaster or stick it in your sandwich maker. It's fucking incredible. Um, so check it out, courtesy of my 10-year-old daughter who was like, Dad, you want to check this out? It's unbelievable. So, um... We're leaving her at that. Um, we're leaving her at that. Uh, ham, cheese, and onions is Kev. Yeah, but who's chopping up onions when you're trying to make a thousand sandwiches? Like, you're doing it at 11 o'clock. Wait, raw onions? onions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who's eating raw onions? Yeah. Um, MC says, where can you get it, Gab? Duns. Dun stars do it. Um, and Emma Cameron says, Eddie Rockets. Logistic. Eddie Rockets sauce is the dog's bollocks. Well, he says it's something different, but I just know it's the dog's bollocks. Um, you're not supposed to toast lettuce, Matt, says Mike McCardle. Do what you want. You don't toast the lettuce, you toast the bread. Yeah. 
Jerry Tense's Soul the Bread, Real Butter and Comedian Cheese. That's a show. That's an absolute show. But listen, we're getting out of here. We're losing subscribers, bell icons, <laughs> likes, comments, and um, by the book alone, because me and you have gone on off on a tangent about food. But all, all, they've all gone off to donate to the to the ladies' charity cause, so that's okay. Well, I'd hope so. I'd hope so. Because yeah. we always say, don't give us super chats. Give the money to the ladies. That's we right. Don't look there's, no pay, there's no paywall. No. Find me better Liverpool fan-generated content that is not behind a paywall. I dare you. There is no such thing. There's not. It's the best chat going. There's no paywall. All we ask is that you support the charities. And I don't and, think it's that. I don't think it's too much to ask. And we send half, at least half you off every evening going, oh, fuck me. I'd love a thousand ham and cheese sandwich. <laughs> so um, there you go. See, I went off and tried uh, to learn Romanian the other night. So MC, <laughs> MC is all over it. He says a toasty and a cup of Rosie Lee, cup of tea. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so um, look, uh, we're sorry, two people don't like the show now because we started talking about food. <laughs> One of those is my wife. Ah, yeah, I'd say it. It's probably my wife as well upstairs going, would he ever <laughs> shut the fuck up? Anyway, that has been no transfer knowledge um, from the LFC Day Trippers. We're not on tomorrow, and we don't even care if the fella signs tomorrow. We've yeah, done it, our show. It's Canada Day. Nobody works tomorrow. All right, well, no Canada's one's working tomorrow. Well, I, I might sit around the house tomorrow when my wife says, are you going to do this? And I'm going to go, no, sorry, Canada Day. Um, You'll be I watching the cricket like everybody else can. I won't be watching the cricket. I hope Come Australia on. win this in three. And we don't have to listen yeah. to any more of it. Three people don't like the show now, so it's all happening. Um, <laughs> but we don't, we don't care. We don't care. We're on the cans. That's it. Talk to you in a bit. Over and out. Bye. Podcast Network.